Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SND Podcast channel, your new source for all types of podcasts. We are looking for new podcasts to add to our channel. So if you ever wanted to start a podcast, reach out to us via Twitter, DM, or just add us at SND Podcast. Or message us on Facebook or even email us at SNDPodcast at gmail.com. Once you reach out to us, we'll tell you the best way to create a podcast. All types of podcasts are welcome. So anything you want to talk about for a podcast, just let us know. No idea is a bad idea. We're already on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and all other podcast apps. All you have to do is record the podcast. So hit us up soon so you can start your podcast now. Welcome to episode 160 of the SD Podcast Show. This week is the special 160 episode, and uh, Danny, we made 160. Yeah, no, crazy. Congratulations to you for making all 160, obviously, because you do all the editing, producing, and everything else. So, congratulations to you. Thank you. Uh, I mean, we Finn? didn't count your. We didn't count those weeks where you just did your little video rants. I was no, no, no. The other day on our YouTube page. Yeah, when the Rangers made a playoff run, that was fun doing. There weren't really rants; they were just pre and post game stuff. So that was fun. Good times. Yes, it was. But yeah, 160 episodes—too long of a list of people to thank. Um, you know, we'll come up with a list for episode 200. So check back with us in 40 weeks. <laughs> That's a long time. Wow. Yeah, uh, that we we got a while. <laughs> It's almost a year away for episode 200. That's crazy. Anywho, getting off topic. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes. Uh, check it out. Check out everybody on our channel, The Weissman and I Show. I was a guest on their show on Monday. It is on the channel. You can find it, like I said, on iTunes, on Google Play, all other podcast apps. Just search us in the podcast channel. Make sure when you search for us, you click on that little review tab. Give us a nice little rate and review. It will be very much appreciated. Um, Finn, what's going on? You are here. I'm here. You are here. You guys were reminiscing and having a you nice are. moment there, so I just let it roll. You did. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, so, Vin came up with the leadoff. So, we're going to go go right into that right now. All right, and now it's time for the leadoff. And the leadoff this week is the ratings in the NFL. Now, there was a lot, a lot made about the, how the ratings in the NFL were down the first, what, 10 weeks of the season, or nine weeks of the season before this week, everything. And I know the world's falling apart, and da da da, da. But this week they were back, and I have a couple theories on this. One... There hasn't been a must-watch Sunday night game, in my opinion, until this week. Actually, the last two weeks, I thought that I personally thought the Raider Bronco game was a must-watch, but this week Seahawks Pats that's a must-watch. Telling me the Texans Colts game is on the line. How many times the Jaguars? I mean, I feel like every time we do this show on Thursday night, the Jaguars are on Thursday night football. Oh, we never said Thursday night was a good night, right? But um, part of it. The reaction to the election, I think, people wanted an, an outlet. I'm not making any political statements, but that's just I, part of my theory. And also, people, there was no debates to watch. There was not really nothing else to watch. It was it was football. And there was never a problem. They always had the best ratings. But I just, uh, that's my theory, gone at least. What do you guys think? Steve? Um... You're right. There weren't many must-watch games. Um, I am under the the impression that Thursday night the games should be division, no matter what. All division. Or get rid of them. 
or get rid of them. Either get rid of them or all division. But you know what? I like watching Thursday Night Football. I don't mind it, especially if it's a decent game. Like this week's uh, the Saints versus the Panthers. You know, that game could be a horrible game, and that game could be a 45-41 final and come down to the last minute of the game. Um, Saints have no defense, so that's why the only way it will be a high score is if Carolina's defense doesn't play. So, you know, Thursday should be rivalries because, you know, it's the, the least amount of travel. So that plays a factor into the bad games. You know, the, guy, the teams that got to travel, like Miami traveling to Cincinnati that one week. You know, that's a long travel. So, you know, it hurts. Or playing in San Francisco that one week. Or, right, playing in San Francisco. It's a long, I think it was Arizona. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was Arizona. Who won? So. It wasn't that bad, though. Right, so that wasn't that bad. But, you know, you know, do that. Sunday nights, I think, should be the first month should be the only month that's not flexed. October needs to be allowed to be flexed. Um, the last week of the season, they make the switch. So, starting for the month of October, don't make any Sunday night games the Monday before you decide the Sunday night game. You know? Because whoever's playing Sunday is going to be traveling on, on, on Saturday, no matter what. The only difference would be the time that they got to change everything to on Sunday. So, in October... Sunday games should be determined on Monday. They do it the last week of the season. Why can't they do it throughout the season? What's the difference between the last week of the season and later in the season? I don't see much of a difference. Ch- change in time. As a, as a ticket holder who has had a game flexed from a 1 o'clock to an 8 o'clock on a, on a short week, I've been in the situation, so I know it. I'm fine. It's perfect. If, if you go to a football game with any, you know, it's an all-day ordeal. Even if you don't tailgate for a gazillion hours like we do, it's still an all-day ordeal. It's a, it's a seven-hour ordeal. You can't do anything else during the day. So I don't. Well, know yeah, we also live uh, what should be forty-five minutes from MetLife, but it takes three hours to get home. Right. right. <laughs> you, you figure it's hour and a half there, hour and a half, and probably two hours back. You know, nobody's getting there at game time. It's at least a five-hour Right, so, like I said, else on in October, so, you, the, you the can... Changing. Right, in October, October you could change it. Monday nights just, you know, they just get unlucky. Is anybody flying out Sunday night after a 1 o'clock game? Do they go... I, I they fly know. home. After a 1 o'clock game, they fly home. But, like, fans, is anybody else doing that? Is anybody... I don't know. Well, that's the only thing, you know. You get you get those teams that travel from other places, you know. They got to sell tickets, you know what? But there's so many ways to move tickets. Dan, what's your take on the ratings? I think the politics, other than really the the Packer Giant game, that was the only real debate driven show uh, game that was. Oh, okay, obviously the Giants Packers game is going to be uh, significantly hurt because of people watching the debate. Granted, you the three of us were the only sickos watching the, the actual game, but um, I don't know. I think the election was kind of a lame excuse, but I think it was an excuse they needed to make. But watching, um, obviously, these games this weekend, obviously with the Seahawks-Pats and the uh, Cowboys-Steelers games, uh, football, if there's a good game on, everybody's watching it. Um, it was funny. On uh, I was listening to Michael K yesterday, and the giant game, the giant game actually was worse than last year's Bengals-Texans game, uh, same week and same everything. So it's really depending on matchup. Because last week, I, well, this Monday night was Giants, obviously. Expect a big, a big uh, turnout in viewership with New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. But for whatever reason, with two mediocre teams outside New York, fan bases are not going to really want to be watching that. Because... You can have crappy Eli or or crappy Dalton at the same time, and that obviously that type of game is no fun. So it was really kind of shocking, though, is with one possession left in the uh, end of the game for it to be slow. Well, low, I mean, for standards. So right. and and also, you know, on social media, I'm at the game. I'm watching people saying, "Wow, watching this game is horrible because of the the TV guys," and you know. That plays, of course, a factor in the viewerships, too. How many people are watching part of a game and are listening to the TV guys and are just like, yeah, forget it. You know, I, I've, I said this, I think I said it to Julie, my girlfriend. I said, the, the problem with sports these days is the flag could be thrown 
it doesn't matter anymore when it comes to refereeing. And it's the same thing when it comes to the TV guys. They could say anything they want. They think they see something, they can say it. Then there's a replay that they could just change what they said. Basically. Oh, well, well funny you said that. Remember the challenge the other night? Perfect example of that, Steve. The, 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 the yard gain. Yeah, I go, this, this, remember I said this is a good challenge. They're going to get the first down. And then, obviously, I didn't get any free shots until it was over. So, I had no freaking idea. Right, like, they're no. not showing you replays. They're going to commercial. They need to sell space. They yeah. they need to make money. Yeah. So, I had no idea. They showed Just me the re- replay. I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, it used to be the other way around. Right. I saw one replay that shows his arm down, and you're like, and you're saying, oh, wow. Now, they're showing me that after he already announced it. Because the first thing they do coming out of commercials, they announce it, then they're showing a replay. So... They need to do a better job of showing re- when there's a challenge, showing the replays a couple times. Let the guy, let the fans figure it out. You know what was funny? Uh, speaking of that, on the it wasn't a challenge. It was the the um, you know the check from the I guess it wasn't a challenge, but it was a replay from the booth. Oh, the Landon on, Collins on the, pick. On the Collins yeah. Pick, on the screen at the game, they're showing him catching the ball when the whole time they were reviewing if he got touched. They never showed. On the screen, passed when he hit the ground. So they're showing on the screen. Right. So that's what he didn't announce, and the ref doesn't didn't announce what they were reviewing until after after when he announced what happened and he got touched. So we're we're sitting there in the crowd and we're going, wait a minute, he clearly caught the ball. What are you looking at? There's not a white jersey around him for twenty yards. Yeah. And of course, well, did we know someone popped up and if they push kept the play button another two seconds. You know, there's a bangle that touches him, and he's down, which is the right yeah. call. You know, I'm not going to argue. All right, so, so we, we both had one challenge against us, not watching. Uh, right, we them. both lost the timeout. Because, <laughs> <laughs> right. obviously, with the, uh, the uh, possession on the elbow, I didn't get to see the replay, and vice versa, because they sh- obviously showed that right away. Right, they were showing us the right replay, but I, again, like Vin said, for the Collins interception, they're showing us him landing. So we're thinking, are they questioning if the ball moved? You know, is it did he trap? Did it bounce out of his hands when he fell? Because you know, to be fair to Landon Collins, as great as he is this year, he he, he used to have a drop problem. Yeah, no, until four weeks ago, he he did have a drop problem. <laughs> but. With that being said, talking a little Landon Collins, why don't we take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk some Giants and Giants. Welcome back to episode 160 of the S&D Podcast Show. That was Freak Show by Division 1.1. And we are going to get into some football talk. But Wow. Giants, Bengals. Can I start off with this whole talk with NFL.com slash Pro Bowl, Landon Collins, free safety. Go. Now. Yeah, vote your vote your 30 times. So I decided to vote today, by the way. You know how hard it is to pick offensive linemen and defense? Well, I defensive linemen is not that difficult. Because at least they have stacks. I just pick teams. You know, they have, they have stats. But how do you pick offensive linemen? Just the Dallas Cowboy offensive line, duh. That's what I. Yeah, but you got. I had to pick six guards and uh, six guards, six tackles, and four centers. I, I told well. you. I told Stephen this today. You pick the Cowboy line, you pick the Titans line, and you just that's it. That's, you either pick one of those two lines. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Steve and I were at the Giant game Monday night. Congratulations, as Steve is always at the game, but it was a good one. Um, thought it was a well played game. You know, I really thought, I, I said it on the Weissman Live show when I was on it, that it was going to be a, a shootout, and after those first two drives, I really thought it was going to be a shootout, but it turned out to be one defensive, one, I don't know, was it more of a, Danny, you watched it from home, was it more of a defensive game, or more of which offense screwed up more? Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Can we all agree on the Giants' opening drive was the best drive I've seen the Giants have in such a very long time. We haven't seen the Giants have a drive like that since one of the one of the and one of the Super that, Bowl runs. 
Yeah, and that was our first uh, scoring on scoring on the first drive all season long. So there's only two more teams left that haven't scored on the first drive all season long. So Get congratulations, it. Giants, on that. No, I don't know, man. The, the, Eli still we, we got to get Eli going, man. Uh, the the uh, you could argue the first interception was it Roger Lewis's fault. Uh, Roger Roger Lewis had a rough game last night, uh, Monday night. Um, uh, in the the that one at pick right after Landon Collins pick uh, the the deep fly to uh, to Tavares King with three uh, Bengals on him. Right. Yeah. Uh, why are you throwing it up to? Three yeah. Three that. Three? Eli, Eli, need, I don't know what's going on with Eli so far. Eli needs to get it cooking, but you know, it's a win. It's the, the a win. Thing, the thing is, I think I, it's too many options. The last two years have been the offense hasn't been a problem. Only one yeah. option. Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> so woo, I get to throw it to him. Woo, I get to throw it to him. I did like how they got um, Adams involved in the first couple of drives. That was right. nice as well. Congratulations to him on his touchdown. So that was great to see, um, the misdirection. And they finally stuck with the run, and Jennings got 89, 87 yards rushing. So, hey, you know, maybe, We hit 100 as a team? Yeah, we did. It may so, have been the first time all season. Well, it was Minus, week one. Behind, behind Landon Collins for MVP of this game, the, other, the next MVP is the entire offensive line. Yes. Yes, yes, it was. Not with the... With the, with the Wheeling line of left guard going around because, you know, we started with one, he got hurt. We brought another one, they decided to move him into an eligible receiver, so they had to bring another guy in who ended up getting hurt, who ended up coming back later in the game so the other guy could go back to an eligible receiver. But the offensive line, no matter who played left guard, all every guy in the line was playing well. And that includes... Marshall Newhouse. Marshall Newhouse had the most underrated offensive lineman game ever. What the hell? He played 14 different positions. What I would like to do is the of the Giants. That with about two and a half minutes left in the game, the Giants, I believe probably was a two-yard run, and Steven goes, I hate Rashad Jones. He keeps stopping at the line. I hate this guy. Cut him. Consecutive 15-yard runs followed that statement, of course. So I just got to yell, cut him at Steven for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. I like Rashad Jennings. I've always said that you give him the ball more. He's a patient runner, but every good runner is patient. Le'Veon Bell is patient. Zeke is patient. If your offensive line is doing their job, it's good to be a patient runner. Dan, do you think it's more of they don't give him the ball enough, or you just think he's just... No, I'm in the same school as Ben. Um... Give him the ball more. Yeah. They they need to give him hit the ball x amount of times and every time we give him the ball x amount of times we seem to be winning so uh, I don't know he's not gonna break one but he's a solid you know twenty yeah oh yeah oh yeah definitely 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 uh I just like the play calling on the other night um for the most part there was sometimes it was just like typical Giants like okay what are you doing but for the most part. For the most part, uh, hey, yeah, they got a passing grade. They won the game ultimately, and uh, you got to give them credit for that ballsy fourth down call at the time. Thank God they went for it. But the best was Sterling Shepard on sights and sounds today. I just ran by him and I was open. <laughs> well, I hope so. The, he, the linebacker was on. Dan, I don't know if you noticed this, but personally, it was something I noticed at least in the first half. Both teams would not stop running screen passes that just went nowhere. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, yes, yes. Six of them. Yes, uh, A.J. Green for three of them. Um, yeah, I'm like, and they're running screen passes to Jeremy Hill. I'm like, what are you doing? Where's Geo? Yeah. It so, was, but for how many years, Dan, were we all yelling, run a damn screen for a change? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. About, about damn time. <laughs> we, we, we went... That was the game that they made up like 20 years of our lives right. of not running screenplays. Especially with Bradshaw and Tiki and right. uh, other uh, guys that were able to catch the ball out in the backfield. But yeah. How many how many years did we go of Tiki getting screen passes because he was the punt returner, kick returner also, and not the main running back? And then he finally becomes the main running back and they never throw a screen pass to the guy. 
Oh yeah, billions. I'm not saying throw Brandon Jacobs screen pass, but well, he oh, can get all of his life dependent on it. Well, there were there were certain times, the uh, big games he would, and you're like, oh okay, Brandon, nice, Hi, <laughs> boy, Brandon. Right, you always gave him the pat on the back when he caught the ball and got two yards out of it. Right. It was a good time. But so. yeah, the screen pass is just something that the team just never used, and now over and over, you know. I don't see I don't see Vereen on the team next year. They're already saying he's coming back. I think Perkins is going to fill that role. What do you think, Dan? Most likely. But then again, Vereen is very, 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 very nice to have in the backfield. I think it just costs. He just costs too much. Yeah. If if that's the case, that'll probably be the reason why. Um, as you can see, um, Sunday night. Granted, that that's how the Patriots beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl was Shane Vereen getting 10 receptions. They missed him big time on Sunday night. Uh, but, I don't know. It's it's really one of those things. It's The Giants need to play like A++++ the next two weeks just to get these wins. These are going to be a pain in the ass wins that the Giants are going to play down to the Bears and the Browns. Just knowing the Giants... Please, God, do not lose to either of these two teams. Get to 8-3. and three. With the final month to play against, we're going to be playing the Steelers, the Lions, none in this order. Steelers, Cowboys. Actually, I'm doing it in order. It'll be Steelers, Cowboys, Lions, and then Eagles and Redskins. Uh, Eagles and Redskins. So that's a tough sledding for the month of December. Can we get to, let's get to eight wins and hopefully Get a couple wins. That's a 10-win season. If we don't make the playoffs with 10 wins, will it suck? Yes. But it, depending on on the way we lose, will we be mad? Yeah, kind of. But if they get a 10-win season, man, I'll take it. Better than 6-10 and 10 last couple of seasons and then 7-9 and nine two season, three seasons ago. So it is what it is. But they have to take care of business the next two weeks. They, uh, McAdoo really needs to get them pay attention to detail this week, the next two weeks. If they don't, it could be a rude awakening. We've seen it too many times, Steve. Too yeah. many times. Your problem is that off of a three-interception performance, Cutler's bound to have a three-touchdown day. That's just Cutler. Yeah, but I'm not scared with Cutler now, especially with Jeffries out for the next four games. So well, Let's talk about a guy with a contract problem. Yeah, Jeffries is going to get stuck in... Chicago another year because he just got suspended and is having a bad year. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm never scared of Cutler. And it, you know, history tells me Cutler will give you one eventually if you just catch it. Jeez, right. how about and how about the the Bears defensive line today? Bears been de- saying we're going to take his take Eli's head off. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> well, their defensive line is very good. Their defense is pretty solid. That's why they're in a lot of games, but then they find a way to blow it. Um, thank God the Giants' run defense is very stout this year, because in past years, I'd be nervous about Howard as well. They should take well, Howard has been hurt, but practice limited to that. Uh, for something happened, like, John Fox, is it John Fox the coach? Yeah, John yes, Fox. Yeah. John Fox was like, yeah, his, his leg fell off. And he came out and said, like, no, my leg's fine, I don't know what you're talking about. So I don't know with either of them know what's going on. <clears throat> the problem is, who else plays receiver for that team? Some guy named uh, Meredith. Matthew Meredith. That's it. Like, and then uh, and they have Eddie Royal. Um, oh, they have Eddie Royal with cheese. Unbelievable. So yeah, so I'm not really scared. Oh, and they have uh, Zach Miller, their tight end. He's pretty much the go-to guy so far this season. Might as well go sign Jeremy Stevens too. Over there. Jeremy. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. Jeez. Speaking of Jeremy Stevens. Oh God. Because he played for the Seahawks. Why do they hate Christian Michael? Why is that a thing? I don't know. I seem like they've hated him forever. They didn't want What are you complaining about? You have a running back. <laughs> if they hate him, I don't want him. I, He's the I, type of guy that I was afraid would go into waivers. The Redskins would pick him up, and he'll run for 600 yards for the rest of the season, 12 touchdowns, the Redskins will go off. The endless carousel of Green Bay running backs will never end. <laughs> I think I think Christian Michael works. will be good with the Packers. I think I, I, really... What, I think it was that uh, Marshawn Lynch took up all of the carries. And then when he was in the game, obviously, the other teams were like, oh, right, we could stop him, kind of thing. 
And, you know, Rolls is back now, so he's going to get the carries. And this other kid took advantage of, of carries. Uh, CJ, CJ Proceis. Right, he, he took advantage. He, yeah. That's the From way it works in this league, though. You know, Strahan was on um, He was on with Dan Patrick uh, Tuesday morning. And he said, you know, him growing up at, in the league, you know, he's talking to guys who he, went, who he came out in the draft with and who's coaching now. And he's saying, you know, the problem with the league this year is the modern-day player because they don't teach anybody anything because of the salary cap. And, you know, you can find younger guys that are, that cost less. So why pay Christian Michael more money who's picked in the second round when you can pay some guy who got picked in the sixth round for a lot less? And they're a team with cap problems. It just doesn't make any sense to me to cut somebody when all they did was do their job. Like, they, he never he played well. He played fine. He didn't play well enough. It doesn't make any sense. That's the problem. Uh, you know what? Speaking of guys, chance, not, speaking of, speaking of guys who are getting a chance, uh, so transition into uh, the wonderful world of the New York Jets. Um, do you think it was wrong of them, Dan, to kind of hold Petty back, especially in the second half there of a crappy game already? Or do you I, I I thought so. Like, I just, thought so. What did they, they have to lose? Letting him go out there and throw the ball. And they, the the last drive at halftime, he went 99 yards for a touchdown. Granted, it was a hook and ladder, which was a nice play. You don't see that a lot. But I, that that frustrated me because, unfortunately, I had to watch the whole game because I was hanging out with my friend, who's a big Jeff fan, so I, I had to suck it up for him. But it was just one of those, like, I wanted to put a pencil through my eyes, just how conservative the Jets were. Yeah, well, do you do you want them? Do you want Bryce Petty to have the keys to the Cadillac? Obviously not, but they could have opened up a little bit more. Um, that one pass where he missed—I forget, uh, I forget the wide receiver. It's one of the no-name wide receivers, but he's really fast. Uh, he missed them completely. That was the turning point of the game in my eyes. Uh, both defenses played really well. It's just they should have gave him just a little bit more leeway and. See what what could happen. I think by the time they had to have him throw the ball, he was already shot because it was too late. He they they lost all his momentum. What, makes, what do you guys think? It makes no sense that the offense they were running with Fitzpatrick, with him throwing the ball all over the place, is the offense they should be running now with a guy who can throw the ball all over the place. And, yeah. and they just got concerned. I hate Jen Yelly. I'm sorry. I hate well, I hate every coordinator right now. I'm very I'm very frustrated with the coordinators in general. But Chang Gailey is doing a terrible job. Let this kid throw the ball. Let air it out. The season's over. You got a, a, a one of the top you know big targets in the league in Brandon Marshall. Throw him the ball. Yeah, I just <clears throat> I don't understand it. If, if you want to see what he got, you got to let him loose. Steve. <sighs> If you're going to let him loose, that's the game. You're playing the Rams. Who doesn't who don't know how to do anything anyway. What are they going to do? I mean, they have, a, they have a good defense. They have a decent defense. You know, Donald, come at you. They got a couple guys on the line. Well, you can take some chances against them. They can't score. Right. They're, exactly. Exactly. They're not moving the ball, so why don't you try and move the ball and try and put... All you do is get one more touchdown, they would have won the game. Everyone then is playing, oh, look, Petty's actually pretty good. Now what? You don't know if Petty's good enough or not. And you're definitely not going to use Hagenberg. I would think if Petty doesn't show something, you got to at least give Hagenberg a shot. No, oh, this is healthy, slope. so he's going to play. Is he? Apparently. Yeah, he, he, he was the back. He was the he backup was on Sunday. He that he didn't play on Sunday. If he starts on Sunday, I give up with the Jets. Because their season's over. They have eight losses. It's over. Hadenberg's a play against the Pats. Or oh, seven losses. Yeah, you should. <laughs> That's, it's like... <laughs> you want to you see how a guy goes. You know Fitzpatrick's going to play against the Pats in two weeks. It makes, it, it, Dan, it, who do the Jets play this week? Uh, bye week. Huh, there you go. Fitzpatrick's getting ready for next week to play the Pats. The Jets would... Thank God they moved that out of Sunday night. Because that's going to be a massacre. Yeah. But fumble 2.0. It's going to be an absolute massacre. Should have put the Giant Brown game into Sunday Night Football. I mean, obviously. <laughs> if you want to watch massacre, that's going to be a massacre. Yeah, the Browns are going to destroy us. Exactly. 
Cody can't. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. So somebody said that the Browns better win before we play them because. No, it was me. It was me. Yeah, you said we got the Browns better win. Yeah, and that's oh, it, it's it, it'll be the most typical Giants thing of all time if we lose to the winless Browns. And I'm sorry, Dan, but uh, Cody Kessler, the now what is it? Then the seventeenth different quarterback Roethlisberger is gonna face. Yes. <laughs> One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. This will be the fourteenth different starting quarterback Cleveland Browns this week against Ben Roethlisberger. We did the Nuts. research today. Nuts. Derek Anderson leads the way and okay. doesn't have a win. He's zero and four lifetime as a starter against Dan, Ben Roethlisberger. We, okay, so we just gave you that. Ben Roethlisberger has lost two games to the Browns in his life. Who? What two quarterbacks get the win? Uh, Jeff Garcia. Nope. Nope. Um, uh, Johnny Manziel. Nope. Close. I was joking. Uh, Brady Quinn. Yes, that's one. Uh, Dan's boy is Brady. Let's see. Another uh, good college quarterback. Another good college quarterback. A guy who won three games, broke his leg, and they traded him away. Well, they didn't trade him; they kept him to. Oh, we, uh, we didn't. Nope. Oh, uh, who? Ten years younger than Whedon. <laughs> Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, my boy no. Colt. Hoyer. No, it's not McCoy. No, it's Hoyer. Two years ago beat him. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Hoyer beat them two years ago. Oh, Hoyer. Boo. It would have been so much better if it was Colt McCoy. Yes, it would have. But... Colt, no, Colt McCoy started the second most of games against them behind their game. Colt McCoy started three times against them. Yikes. It's just, I, I love looking at Brown's quarterback stats. Like, if you look, you go on their um, football reference, it shows, like, who the leading passer was for the year. It's a different guy every year, <laughs> the past 15 years. They're not good. No. They're not good, and poor Watson's going to go there and make them worse. Well, I wouldn't say make them worse, but, you know. You know what I'm saying. Well, I don't know if you can make it worse. They haven't won a game yet, but continue to be bad. All right. So what else do we got to talk about? Football? With the Green Bay Packers for losing to the Titans. <laughs> we couldn't oh, let you get away with this one. No, they're one of those just missing playoffs, but maybe next year. Are the Dolphins a playoff team? No. Same thing. You know, you want to talk about a team that we totally botched. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. yeah, we did. We loved them really, really much. Too we could much. talk about a team that we didn't botch, like the Oakland Raiders that I that we called. Well, I called to make the playoffs. We all called to make the playoffs. I think we all did. Yeah. Yeah, we said wild card. I think we mostly gave them the wild card because we thought Denver would still have. You know, well, they still could get a wild card. They could still end up a wild card. The Broncos are currently. And the playoffs as the six, so they're one game. Yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't be scared of the Broncos. I'm really not. No, I don't trust that quarterback play. Yeah, it's they 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 botched that big time. So some match of that would be Houston Denver in the postseason right now. Boy, that offensive battle will be some output. <laughs> well, I can't wait for Tony Romo to be the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Houston Texans. No, he's gonna be the Jets quarterback. <laughs> I, you know he's gonna. There's be no the way he's not the Jet quarterback. It's 100%. Or the Bears. Uh, please don't do that. One of No, I don't see him going to Chicago. He can't even help the Bears. It doesn't matter. I think the Bears are so far behind. If you re-sign Marshall, you have Forte, Marshall, and Decker, and you put Romo in that as the quarterback there. Yeah. You, you, got, you basically are set. They'll yeah. do something. Yeah. They'll, they'll be definitely good for two years, maybe. I'll give Romo two years. Eh, we'll see what happens with Tony. It, it, it basically puts them in the second. You know what? Let's talk Tony a little bit. Scripted speech, huh? Yeah, had to be Jerry. Did, you think you think Jerry wrote the speech? Like, part of me felt like Jerry. That watching him say it and talk made me think Jerry had a say in this speech. Had a big, big part of the speech. Maybe even gave him the speech. No, nah, it was more of a prideful thing, and it it's just it hurts to see. Someone like his caliber to have, because of injuries, be uh, decimated to being a backup. But 
they're obviously eight and one. You you can't you can't change that momentum right now. They look they look unstoppable right now with the momentum that they have. They're obviously going to hit a wall at some point because they're rookies, but I don't see it anytime soon. So it, it had it, it had to be done. Thing, you're just hoping that wall doesn't isn't a painful wall. You know, let them hit a soft wall and you know. And not have any issues with it, you know, because if they hit a hard wall, you know, it could hurt them long term. Yeah. There was a, uh, a thing, I mean, it was a little, uh, reading into things a little bit, but Skip Bayless, which I, I hate referencing him, but he said Romo went to uh, Jerry Jones' nephew's football game this past weekend. I think it was on Friday. And they, and then they went, they flew to, where were they? Pittsburgh, this weekend, together, on Saturday. To me, that's a plane flight together, just the two of them, on a private plane. They're talking about a lot of things. To me, this speech was written on that plane. Oh, definitely. They had the conversation, and they said, you know, you gotta, you know, they made the decision, obviously, that, that they're sticking with Dak, and... He had to almost, almost, it was almost a presidential, con, you know, conceding speech. Like, that's what it sounded like. He, you know, and he said everything right. He's, you know, he he was once this guy, and now, you know, it's, it's happening to him. It happens to everybody. It's a circle of life. Yeah. I think he'll be a, a solid mentor, and he already has been a solid mentor. I don't see any problem with him being the backup. Probably not happy about it, but at this point, he doesn't really have a choice. I don't think he's a permanent backup, of course. I think he goes somewhere. Oh, I agree. Next year, I think he leaves. You know, draft day, you call like up, you, said. You, you look at the, the top five picks, and you say, who's got a quarterback? Who doesn't have a quarterback who's going to draft a quarterback who doesn't need to be there? I don't think he's. I don't think he would fetch a first-round pick. Could probably get a third from the Jets for him. It's going to be some sort of compensation pick, where right. it's going to be a third. It's going to be a yeah condition pick, you know, where it won't be a third this year. It may be a, a two this year, and a third the following year that could turn into another two depending on games played or something like. Like that. when the Jets traded for Favre, if I'm not mistaken, if they would have went to the Super Bowl that year. With him as the quarterback, the Packers would have got a first or second round pick. Oh, uh, yeah, first round pick. The further yeah. they went, the, the higher further the they pick went, was. the higher the pick went. Right, it was similar to when the Islanders traded Bill Garen to the Penguins. Further they went, the better the, the pick. The pick yeah, right. ended up being a second so round pick. It would probably be a conditional fourth, where as far as they go in the playoffs, the pick goes up to a certain number of things. That that's, would be my guess. Which ideally could be a win for the, the Cowboys because, you know, they're getting a draft pick no matter what. Right, Jets are going to be fighting for a wild card spot, you know, because you know you're not you're not leaping the even with with Romo you're yeah. not leaping the Patriots. They're still a class. So, all right. With that being said, I'm going to go play some more Freak Show Division One Point One. We'll be right back I'm after this. Alright, welcome back to the SMB Podcast. Episode 160 is almost wrapping up. You just listened to tonight's song, Freak Show, of course, by Division 1.1. New York hockey is still the same from last week. The New York Rangers is still scoring goals in a crazy output. The Islanders are still slumping, and the Islanders Twitters having their pitchforks and fire torches for wanting to fire Jack Capuano, even though... Uh, Garth Snow said, no way, Jose, today. According Who to, else is uh, going to cook Garth dinner every night? Didn't you hear Cardin the other day? He lives in the basement. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, but it, it's really amazing. Like we've been saying in the last couple of weeks, since the Islanders' rough start, is who are you going to find to replace him? Um, yeah, is he? can he be fired at the end of the season? Sure, but... There isn't that viable coach to be 
making that playoff move that everybody's going to, oh, we're going to make the playoffs now because that guy's going to be our coach. I think it's really more of the off-season moves, as you can see. Um, losing Oposo, losing Franz Nielsen, and if you want to say um, Matt Martin, granted, here or there, he is a fourth liner for whatever that's worth. Um, he, he obviously is an important piece, but he was able to be replaced. But it's with those point, those point, losing those point production guys and that guy that plays every facet of the game. Those are big blows that everybody do, everybody does talk about. But it's just one of those, those one of those things is like, of course, and. Capuano mentioned it twice in the uh, post-game show so far this season. Um, it's just one of those things. It's just like, I think it's more on Garth than it's actually on Capuano so far this season. If you really look at the, the roster. You know, they... They, they relied on too many guys. They relied Kyver on too many guys. Kyver and Compton said it on this week's show. It's like, over the last two years, what has Garth really done? How has Garth improved this team? Since they traded, you know, he made the the big off season with two the, trades ago, two seasons ago, yeah, and Halak and stuff. He hasn't done anything. What has he done to improve the team? Can you say Grice being the backup is an improvement? Fine, you can argue that. You know, he is arguably the best backup we've had. But that fell in his lap because he had a great playoff run. Right. If with that, if he doesn't, if he doesn't step up, we don't go to the playoffs. He doesn't win that round. Nobody's praising Thomas Grice this year. The moves he's made well are the small moves that he's made. Yeah, okay, of course. Grice, and Shane Prince, uh, the signing of Seidenberg this past year has worked out well. Right, but now he's before, out for the season. I know, before he got hurt, he was, he was one of the better defensemen. So, he's making good moves on the on like the dumpster, you know, dumpster diving like he, he always has. But he hasn't, you know. He loves the waiver wire. That's what he, he loves the 99 cent store. He's not... He, for whatever reason, whenever he goes to Bloomingdale's, he can't get it done. There's a disconnect mm-hmm. between the coach and the GM, in my opinion. This year's the first year you're noticing it, too. Right. Because, you know, the season started, we have three goalies. Capuano goes, I have three goalies. Why? Uh, we have six defensemen. Capuano literally said after, like, the fourth game, he goes, how am I supposed to get these guys, help keep these guys healthy if there's only six of them, like he publicly is saying this stuff, and that's never been Capuano. And if you look at, you know, street replacement for replacement, kind of thing, right? Lad was supposed to replace Aquoso's production. He hasn't, but you, the, 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 the process in that, the, 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 the thought on that move can be very easily, you know, uh, accounted for. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to argue I'm going to make the I'm going to start stop you there to talk live for a minute. Five and a half million dollars. Five and a half million dollars a year. You're winning or losing with that guy on the first line with John Tavares. That's it. He shouldn't be on any other line. I don't care about his point production. I don't care about his goal production. Yeah, if he's slapping, of course. he's making five and a half million dollars to be JT's winger. Put him on that line. He needs to be on that first line. I agree. I agree. Um, Five and a half million. Jason Chimera has replaced Matt Martin. Matt Martin never scored points anyway, so the replacement, it's just it was just speed for toughness. It's whatever. Chimera doesn't it. have any speed. He, Kyver said the best. I'm quoting my Michael Car- uh, Kyver, Carver. Uh, Carver from uh, Point Blank. Skating with bricks in the skates. He has no speed. He takes some penalties and no points. That's where he was, but that's the reason he was brought here is because he was supposed to be a bester. I don't know what happened. The replacement of Franz Nielsen is where this whole thing, to me, goes. Franz Nielsen's replacement is currently playing in Seattle right now. It was supposed to be Matthew Barzal. I don't know if they don't like the way he played, or Cappy just doesn't like him personally, whatever. He never got a shot. He played two games, won the second game of the season, I think, or the first game of the season, and won, like, the twelfth game of the season, and that was it. So, a player that you brought up, to replace one of your star players, your third leading scorer last year, second leading scorer, is no longer here. Anthony Bolivar, whatever how you pronounce his name, doesn't play half the time. I, the players you're bringing in to, to replace the production you lost that you're complaining about aren't playing. So it goes both ways. There's, you know, 
the the roster isn't very well rounded. I'll, I agree with that. And but I think the coach is awful. I've always thought the coach is awful. This team didn't show up for Game Seven against the Capitals. They took twelve shots in Game Seven. He should have been fired on the spot. In that, in my opinion. Well, that game, yeah. But I mean, obviously, it didn't happen, and now we're in this position. One of my favorite things about this, and Daniel mentioned it, is Isles Twitter, and it just every little thing that happens blows up today. Gabriel Landeskog is scratched in practice because he has the flu or he's banged up or something. And the tweet, they gave the guy an off day. The tweet from the guy was, Landeskog not at practice, we'll find out more soon. And Isles Twitter blows up that we're trading for Gabriel Landeskog. Ten, ten minutes later, he was just hurt and they gave him an off day. It's just, it's hilarious. I love it. Let's, let's talk about the Rangers a little bit. The Can Rangers are just... How Michael Grabner doesn't even believe what's happening to Michael Grabner? Oh, 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 unbelievable! He already has ten goals. Um, Kevin Hayes is high, off to a fantastic start after having an awful uh, sophomore season. Uh, there's eleven guys with ten or more points so far. With point ten, ten or more points so far this season, they're they're on some ridiculous tear right now. All four lines are clicking. All six D men are playing really well. Obviously. Hank and uh, Ratner are playing really well. It's really going to be interesting to see how long the Rangers can keep this up just a little bit. Obviously, I'm not saying five goals a night or seven goals a night like last night. It was it was just it's just a crazy output, especially from guys that were missing last year for the Rangers. It's really so. So I'm going to take a little quote from nine hours ago from the great Andy Graziano. Yeah, I, I agree with him. <laughs> I, I knew this was coming. Lesson. Rangers right now are 13-4 through 17 games. Well, the parade route is being tapered off. Everyone should remember that they were 13-2-2 last year after 17 games. I don't know who's acting like there's a parade going down, but Andy's just being funny. Ranger, Andy's... If you, Andy actually sees Ranger Twitter also. That's the, okay. that's the point that he sees also. He sees Ranger fans follow him, Islander fans follow him. He knows what it's all about. He sees everything when it comes to New York Sports because he's not just – he writes for the Islanders, yes, but he's also an SNY yeah. guy, so he can be he's – an, he's an editor. He does work for the Ranger fans too. Rangers also, in a way. Okay. Like you said, they, they can't score five goals a night. It's not going to happen, but they just keep – we've been saying that for two weeks, and they keep doing it. it it's, it's just simply amazing. Just watching them every night, it's just – like like what Andy said, last year it was a similar record, but this year this team it has a different feel to this year's team. Um, with the younger guys, it's just just the hunger hunger and faster and just I, I like their additions this year. Granted they weren't the splashy picks. So well they far. wanted to add speed to their team and that's what they did. If yeah. if you told me at the start of the season that uh Gradmer was gonna have uh, ten goals on November fifth 16th, I would have laughed at you. This we all would have laughed. It's a similar thing that I, I kind of said last year with the Mets and Neil Walker. Even if he goes back to scoring, like, he had 10 home runs in April. Even if Grandin goes back to scoring like he used to, he's still going to end the season with 20 goals. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. So it, it's like, it's, it's pretty incredible what he's done. It, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's nice to see the Rangers. It's just, it's simply been fun to watch as well. And I know it's the West, and they went undefeated in the West Coast trip. That never happens to any team. It happened in the, uh, the last time it happened was like the middle of the 80s for the Rangers. Exactly. So, there usually has to be some sort of downfall. Granted, it was all Canada, so they didn't get to spend the time in the beaches in California. But... It, it was an well, impressive that's, that's road trip. That's the one thing the NHL does good. You know, you send them to. You're either going to Northwest California. Canada or you're going to California. It's not one big trip. Yeah. So, I I think the Rangers. The Rangers just got they. It's obviously it's going to be interesting to see because obviously they're due for a slump. But when does that slump happen? Um, and you can't really say much about that slump because. The way they've been playing, it's just like they can't keep this up for the whole season. Right. So let's uh, let's switch up a little bit here in our final segment. And talk about the hot stove. 
So it came out about two weeks ago, maybe last week, the GM meetings for Major League Baseball. Sandy Alderson said talks are going on with Cespedes. If anything's going to get done, it's going to be by the end of the winter meeting. Came out today from the New York Post that the Mets and three other teams are interested in Cespedes. Deal expected to be done by the end of the winter meet by the beginning of December. Oh wow! December's winter meetings. First week of December's winter meetings. You know he's one of those top guys on the board, so you know everybody's waiting on that shoe to drop. Right. I didn't get. I didn't get to read today. What were the other three teams? They don't. They didn't say the other three teams. Oh, okay. You know they'll come out at the winter meetings. It's probably. It's probably Washington because they were in it last year too. Washington, probably San Francisco, and maybe like the Yankees or or. Uh, Los Angeles? Maybe even yeah, Toronto may so. be interested with Batista. Yeah, no, yeah, Toronto is one of them. Toronto is definitely. Well, you know, with him not wanting the, the qualifying offer. Right. Um, you know, and then it also comes out today that apparently the Yankees and Angels have been on the phone with each other. Involving oh. Mike Trout. I, I, I can't see a world where Mike Trout gets traded. Dan, you know Vin rejected this brilliant trade idea today for the New York Mets? Resign Cespedes, Harvey, Lugo or Gesselman, and Conforto for Trout. Oh, yeah, done. I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> enough to trade for him. If obviously, him, obviously. And obviously. I'm getting my, I'm trading Mike Trout. I'm getting a major league ready star player and a major league ready Okay, I'm so Harvey was an, Harvey's an all-star at and an ace, um, considering an ace. I, I don't, don't want to hurt all-star ace <laughs> and a, a, a left fielder who's coming off a bad year. I want, who do I, let's see, I'm going to go through in my head who I'd want for, like, what team combination. I want Harper and Scherzer. That's what I want for Trout. Yeah, but you also got to be realistic. Cause that's a, that's like telling me that the Islanders should call call up the, the Avs and say, here's Calvin DeHaan and uh, Ryan Strome for Duchesne. Like my friend is telling me they should do today. And nobody wants Ryan Strom. It's got to be major pieces. If the Yankees want to trade for him, they're trading Clint Frazier and Batances. And probably another guy. I think, I think it's a starting pitch. They want starting pitching. They need starting pitching. The Yankees don't have any starting pitching. Exactly, so the Yankees are out. you got to drop them out right away. You can't... They- I what are they going to say, put Batanzas in for two innings and then yeah. just go through the bullpen? For There's nothing else they can do. I don't know why this is a thing because the Yankees... If if I'm the Yankees, trade for starting if, if I'm the Angels and the Yankees call, my conversation starts with Gary Sanchez. Oh yeah, Gary Sanchez has to. Gary Sanchez has to be in the deal. Right. If if they're calling, those are the first two names out of my mouth. And when they say no, the next name out of my mouth is Aaron Judge. Because at least Judge will come in and make up for the could make up for the thirty homers you're going to lose. From right. 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 You can't trust Sanchez to keep this home run thing going. Well, he's not going to hit 20 home runs in half a season again. <laughs> or, you know, a, 60 a third of a season. Right. So you can't trust him to make up for the... You, you have to give up... You have to make up... He's not going to hit 60 home runs. you got to make up 30 homers, uh, 20 stolen bases, 50 doubles, and a 300-plus batting... A 300 yeah. batting average. You have to make how up... Do you, how do you do that? Home. Right. So how do you do that? Multiple people. Yeah, this is one of those five-for-one player trades that everybody loves at the first time it happens, and then later on on the contract, everybody's like, why did we do it? Well, no, Trout's got that very happy contract. We also know this. When big players like that get traded, you never get fair value back. Of course. So you have to get something at least you're going to be happy. One guy you know you're going to be happy if with. This is, if this is the Angels saying, we're starting over, let's, let's start rebuilding from the bottom up. I'm calling teams, and I'm going. I'm looking at every team. I'm waiting for Keith Law's prospect list to come out for this coming up season, and going. All right, every first guy, every team that calls us about Trout, the first guy on that list is the first name we mention, because you need stud prospects. You're getting studs. You're not getting trash for this guy. There's gonna be trash thrown in there. You know, we can't call them and offer them. You know, uh, you know, robust. Pawecki and Travis. This isn't the Blue Jays from a couple of years ago who were willing to trade everything for Ari Dickey. Yeah, I was just that, that's the trade I was going to compare it to. That the, the the Mets got for uh, at the time young. forty year old, well, not 48, 40 year old, yeah, forty. I was going to say thirty eight, but 40, 40 year old Cy Young Award winner. They got a starting catcher, 
prospect and a starting and, and a starting pitcher prospect. You, you, you know, double that, and that's what you get for Trout. You know, if I'm calling the Mets, I'm going Amin Rosario. And one of the pitchers. One of the healthy pitchers. And it, it could be Mats, you know. Right. They may say, hey, give us Mats. But I'm going Rosario, Mats, um, another AAA, or, you know, Peter Alonso could be mentioned. He's right. one of the top guys up there. You know, the first baseman stud from single if, A. If the Mets realistically were going to trade for Mike Trout, I think it would cost Rosario, Smith, and one of the pitchers. Yeah, I, I, I would say Darna, uh, DeGrom, maybe DeGrom or right, Arby DeGrom. or Mets. Everybody but um, Syndergaard. Right. right. But, look, you know what? It's the same thing with the Islanders, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to trade for a top player, everyone not named John Tavares is available. Yeah. Mets want to make a trade for a guy like Mike Trout, everybody not named Noah Syndergaard is available. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I'm trading, I'm trading anybody you want. Here's my team. Just don't, just, here's my one name I'm crossing off my list. I... <laughs> It's a lot to trade your top two and you know position player prospects if you know in this scenario and and the starting and a you know a major league ready starting pitcher, but that's a a generational talent. Mike Trout is is gonna be looked at as as our Griffey, as our Willie Mays. He's clearly the best player in the league, and nobody's close. If Mike Trout, someone said it today. If Mike Trout was to retire right now, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe. If Mike Trout just says, "I'm done, I'm over with," I'm a first. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Did they announce the AL MVP voting? That's tomorrow. Tomorrow is the vote. The MVP. He comes in at least. He comes in first or second place every year of his career. So Trout has four uh, years left on his contract. He's making twenty million this year. Thirty-four million each year for the next three that's years. The See, that's where the issue becomes. Right. Who wants to pay thirty-four million dollars? Right. But he's also going to be twenty-six. I, and I get that. Right. That's so, what's scary. But right. he just signed the first thirty million dollar contract already. Right. He's already signed his thirty million dollar contract. Right. What's it going to take in that twenty twenty-one season to bring <clears> him back to your like, team? Like last year, Granky and Price. Oh, I think they got thirty-one. He's already. He's going to be the highest played parent paid player in baseball next year. Do the Angels actually want to pay him that is a question. That's my, That might be where the talk are coming. Right. Because the Angels don't actually want to pay him that contract. Which, you know, somebody, favorite, will. somebody will because, you know, he's still young. He, yeah. you got to realize this guy hasn't hit his prime years yeah. in his life. He's not, he, they say 28 to 32 is your baseball prime and he hasn't <laughs> hit that yet. And he's going to be 26. Yeah. He's still, you know, I mean, making thirty-four million dollars when he's thirty, yeah, when he, he's twenty-five. But he deserves every penny of it. He's the best player in the league. Ugh. Harper, Trout, trade straight up. See, my theory on getting us Trout is, you know, that's a sick lineup, Dan. You know, Grandy at leadoff <laughs> playing right field, David at third, point, batting second, Trout in center, point, batting third, Cespedes in left, batting fourth. And you mix and match the rest of them. Sounds good to me. <laughs> you you help our our right-handed lack of power that we've been waiting for, and we help the speed that we had zero of until Reyes showed up and had eight stolen bases. So the, so <laughs> if the Mets were to trade for Trout, the trade would be Rosario, Dom Smith, a pitcher, and Jay Bruce. That's pretty much what the trade. Right, would be. I'll give because we have to get rid of Jay Bruce too. Right, because we have to get rid of Jay Bruce. So you're getting rid. You you say, hey, let's, can we throw Jay Bruce in there? He's only got one year on the contract anyway. Yeah, you know. Well, let, let's do it. Let's call Sandy Alderson and let's do it. Um, that's the thing. Met wise in the in the off season, we start talking about it a little bit. Testament comes back. To me, off season's pretty much over. The only yeah, no, you bring, you bring, bring him, him Reed. Well, Reed's already, it, it's arbitration. You just figure out what, right. the, what the money is. You bring in a, a middle reliever, a seventh, eighth inning guy, and that's it. And, and we go. It's, it's pretty much re-sign Cespedes and find a way to trade Jay Bruce. That's, right. that's the match offseason. Trading Jay Bruce can turn into the middle reliever that you don't have to sign. I would also like to bring in a catcher. They, I, I know we saw reports that they aren't going to do that. I like to bring in a, a veteran catcher. I don't. I don't really want. Well, Rene Rivera is going to be the veteran catcher. I, but I don't want Rene Rivera. I'm, I'm, he's 
I think Rene Rivera is going to be a Met for a long time because his, Syndergaard wants him to be a Met. His usefulness was... Syndergaard. That's it, but that's... The, but, yeah, but you know what? Kershaw wanted AJ Ellis there for a long time. You know, you got an ace who says, this guy's my guy. But I Until don't know, this guy retires and this guy's off your team, I'd like he's to, your catcher. I'd like to look at a matchup of, of the numbers. I don't think they were putting him as the catcher because it was his guy. They were making him the catcher because he can throw. And no one yeah. can hold anybody on. That was it, that. It wasn't his. his and he called a good game too. He but called, he called a good game. But Darno is one of the better statistically with those crazy numbers they have. Statistically, one of the better pitch framers in the league. Fine, but he can't throw a guy out at second. I know he can. We already discussed this. Reyes is going to play catcher, so right. we have him in the he lineup. Has, he has to be in the lineup. There's nowhere to put him in the lineup, so we're going to let him be catcher. He'll have the best arm on the team. <laughs> Somebody mentioned this to on Twitter. And it wouldn't be ideal because he makes a lot of money and he's aging. I would trade Jay Bruce to the Blue Jays for Russell Martin if I'm if I'm the Mets because it's it's Take a move. Russell Martin for the short term that he's right, got. Exactly. Uh, I don't know how much I don't know what his contract looks like, but he's aging and he. But he, you know, it's a power hitting catcher. It's just somebody who's going to do something offensively. They got nothing out of their catchers offensively last year. But that's the thing also with <clears throat> Travis if he. Goes back to two years ago, hitting Travis. I, I Are you complaining? I can't rely on that anymore. It's over. He's, he's, but let's say he does. I, but I can't. Re, I can't rely on it. That's what I'm saying. I need. I need to bring in somebody. Uh, you know, I can't think of anybody. Jared Sol's in the lock. Yeah, I don't care. Somebody. The problem with Russell Martin is he's going to be 34. He's got three years left at 20 million dollars. Right. That's no. Nope. Yeah, nope. So we're not trading for Russell Martin. He's a little expensive. Somebody said. Before last season, we should have traded. I think it was Devin who wanted to trade us Harvey for Sanchez. And looking back, we should have made that trade when we had the chance. Exactly, I would do it. You know, this was the year we were trading Harvey, and you know the guy had to lose a rib. <laughs> so I'm looking just at the um, free agent catchers. This is ranked by the 2016 salary. Matt Weeders is number one. We're not signing Matt Weeders. Matt Weeders is basically a, a taller Travis Darno because yeah, he can trade exactly. just as much. Right. Number two on this list is an interesting option. Um, Kurt Suzuki. You're not getting any offensive output, so right. He's. I mean, let's look at his. Let's look at his numbers from last year in Minnesota on a bad team. He hit two fifty eight with eight homers and forty nine RBIs in a big, big ballpark. And a big, that's. I mean, if he's that's solid, decent. You know solid what? Defensively, you you, you want to know the other thing Sandy's thinking about? Who is the guy who wanted to come to New York? This season. Mid-season, there was a trade that was made. Who wanted to come to New York? I don't know. Jonathan Lucroy wanted to be a Met. He's a free agent at the end of the season. No, he's not a free agent. Yes, it's, he is. No, it's, a, it's an option thing. they got to pick the option. He's one of the best catchers. Oh, uh, if it's an option, then Grant. If it's his option, then he's out. No, it's, he may it's, walk. it's a team option. Okay. I, I, okay, so after the two guys I mentioned... Wilson Ramos is the next guy, and then after that, none of these guys are worth getting. Jason Castro, AJ Ellis, Chris Iannetta. I'm going to give you the name. I was telling you, and we've been talking about this with Devin, Vin, the name that I don't want to hear mentioned in the Mets is Brian McKinnon. He no, has the please. worst contract I've ever seen. Like, I finally got to see the full contract. Then this guy's got, got two more years at, like, $30 million each. Plus an yeah. option, if he catches 90 games or, like, has like a hundred at bats. Seventeenth. <laughs> that on, has to be picked up. Like I don't want that. Seventeenth on this list, Josh Tolley. That that's why that's who we're waiting for, Josh Tolley. I don't know if he's retiring. I think yeah, he's never mind. He's retiring. I was gonna say AJ Brzezinski. I've always loved AJ Brzezinski. That's why we were calling Toronto about Jay Bruce to get Josh Tolley and Mike Nickius back. Right, exactly. So there are no free agent catchers. I'm shocked the land that hasn't signed Josh Tolley yet. Uh, there, there are no free agent catchers worth getting. Maybe Chris Iannetta. I mean, they, they, he tried they, that once. Remember, he signed for like three days and then left. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the other guy we signed for? Was it Benji? No, there was a, there was a Hispanic guy. Is Iannetta? No, it wasn't Iannetta. It was. Oh my God! We signed him for three days and he like failed the physical. Oh yeah, I don't remember that. Who that was though. Crap! What was this guy's name? I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna text it to you guys after the show because yeah. I forgot. You know we're gonna. You know who else we can look up to bring in? You know we could do like the the Marlins do and just have every ex player that we could think of as coaches. We could. You know they have a solid <laughs> bench on their coaching staff. 
we're we're at the game then in in the end of August, uh, the Cespedes walk off game, and we're looking at the bench of the Marlins sitting like twenty rows behind them. Don Mattingly's on that bench. Brian Schneider's on that bench. Barry Bonds is on that bench. Right there, there's three solid players that you know. That's a first baseman, a catcher, and a left fielder that can go up there and hit homers. <laughs> Brian Schneider. <laughs> right, exactly. Hockey mask, Brian Schneider. Before All right. Anything. With that being said, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, all of the podcast apps, Weissman and Oz Show, Fan Vault, Rising Apple, um, Jay's, Jay's Weekly Wrestling. We got a couple more stuff coming up with Jay. Um, I got some other things we're working on. Uh, hopefully some more new shows coming soon. If not sooner, maybe after the new year, we'll have some more people coming on. Um, 160 episodes. Um, thanks again to everybody who's helped us out for 160 episodes. Uh, all the love and support. Don't forget, on iTunes, Google Play, all of the podcast apps, make sure you when you search for the S&D Podcast channel, you click on that little review section and give us a nice little... Rate and review us, please. Uh, it'll be a lot of help. It'll be, it'll help us grow and, you know, help us bring you more great content throughout the <laughs> future of this channel. Um, guys, anything else? No, have a good weekend, and yeah, uh, we'll catch you soon. Oh, good. before we go, Danny will not be with us next week. The Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, the big day's coming up a week from Friday. Uh, so congratulations, Danny and Nicole. Thank you. And we'll talk to you in two weeks, Danny. Yeah, have a great Thanksgiving, and I'll see you next Friday, Steve. Definitely, buddy. Can't wait to celebrate. Have a good one, everybody. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Señora, ¿me está diciendo que un tren le pegó a una camioneta? Sí, yo pensé que alcanzaría a cruzar, el hijo iba rápido, creo, y después... ¡Ay, Dios mío, qué horror! No puedes saber a qué velocidad viene un tren. Por eso están los señalamientos de advertencia. Obedécelos. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitsa. Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey! A bag that breaks? Whippy, whippy, whippy! Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky! You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, Hefty, Hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, Hefty, Hefty!